0: unfiltered if you give Penix the ball and the opposing team scores three points in seven possessions and you give it to him seven times I don't care who the defense is you would say there's no way Washington's losing that game right unfiltered I am convinced in most cases that the team I'm rooting for will find a way to lose because that's just what's happened most of my life so knowing that I'm going to tell you how I felt about this game I thought they were going to beat Texas easier than they did. And the moment that game ended, already knowing that Michigan had beaten Alabama, there was literally very little question in my mind Washington was going to win this game. Mitch is unfiltered. Hundred and seventy-one hot shots Scott, so much
1: for our week off. Yeah, did my agent call you about the extra work, that kind of thing? <laughs> did, did he He hasn't called me in ten years. So if he called you, it'd be awesome. Just the fact that you ever had an agent is actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, quite I got to tell you, when you're syndicated in multiple markets, it gets a little complicated. I'm not sure you'd understand that, but that's what happens in that world. So I was syndicated so
0: on on a couple of different occasions. It just didn't <laughs> yeah. last very long. Let's just put it.
1: <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. Oh, hey.
0: God. This was supposed to be our week off. The yeah. plan was set. As soon as the Seattle Seahawks get eliminated and the Washington Husky season ends, we've got a January. I think I've explained this to the listeners. Maybe I haven't. That on months that we have five Mondays, five Mondays, we are entitled to a Monday off. So it all worked out beautifully. January has five Mondays. And I figured yeah. we wait till the Seahawks were no longer relevant and the Huskies national championship plight was over and and we'd all take a a Monday off or a big show off and then Jody Allen thank you and Kalen DeBoer thank you decide to screw the whole thing up like I just was feeling a little bit weird if we didn't have a show this Monday because of the two big stories in the sports world in Seattle so I've called Hotshot Scott I've called producer Steve Dion and I said okay let's just Let's just do like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. No sponsors, no guests. Let's just talk about What's happened since I've I've left Seattle to come to Florida to visit Miami? All hell is broken loose. The minute you got on that plane,
1: all hell broke <laughs> loose. True. I don't know what the hell it's happened. It's actually it is true. true. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Hotshot was supposed to be in Centralia this weekend for a softball tournament. You were? And that got thrown up in the air, too, because Piper gets hurt at practice on Wednesday. Oh, so. no. Is she okay? It's been a, just a crazy week all the way around. So the fact that you have my presence here... You're very lucky to have me because oh. I should be sleeping right now in Centralia. Yes. Yeah. Just want to let you know it It all worked out for everybody. I hear they?
0: I'm missing some good weather back there, either coming back on Monday. <laughs> some warm, balmy temperatures there in Seattle. Is that right? It's freaking Are you
1: trying cold. to make me go off for 30 <laughs> minutes about the weather here? Do I have to live here? Why do I have to live here? <laughs> you don't. Uh, I don't. I know. You don't have You're to right. live there. Where can I make money in Florida? Can I move in with your mom? No,
0: do have a room? Yeah, well, she will as as of tomorrow because I'm coming back to the <laughs> okay. uh, to the frigid temperature. It's weird oh. because they used to say this at KJR all the time too. Although they'll get a, people are going to say, "Oh, Mitch, you were always on vacation, so of course something big was going to happen because you were on vacation the entire year." But <laughs> That's just but math, it, math. it felt like the same thing at KJR, as soon as I took a break, something monumental would happen and I would mm-hmm. be off the air. So. This is our special episode 271. We discuss the two stories that ruined our vacation. Yes. You know, I was trying to think about this the other day. Which is more interesting to you? Which story is more interesting to you? The fact that Jody Allen fired Pete Carroll, the lone Super Bowl winning coach in the history of the NFL in Seattle after 14 seasons in a nearly Hall of Fame career, and now they're looking for a new head coach. Or the fact that Kalen DeBoer, after coming so close to winning a national championship, decides to bolt after two years to go be the head coach of Alabama. Which one of these things is, has
1: got your interest more? I think if you're just saying interest, not any sort of emotions of sadness. or. Any, I mean, the Kalen DeBoer thing, to me, is way more interesting. I mean, Pete Carroll had 14 seasons. How many head coaches in the NFL get 14 seasons? I mean, it can't be a lot, right? right. Two years for DeBoer at the national championship game. See you later, Charlie. Like, wow, really? So to me, it's easily the Husky situation. It's crazy. And it's only because of the fact
0: that he was here two years and and Pete Carroll was here 14.
1: Yeah, two years. And it looked like he was on the the precipice of building something amazing in Seattle. Did it? Look at his record. I mean, no? Well... I mean, his recruiting wasn't great. Everyone's going to point to that. But look at the guy's record. Do you think they were going to go 500 if he stayed? Well, I don't know. Were they going to go
0: 500? Maybe they were going to go 500 next year if he
1: stayed. What what kind of team
0: did he have coming back next year? Do we know for sure that in his first year in the Big Ten, with all these wide receivers and all these players going off to the NFL draft and a shaky recruiting class the last couple of years and maybe a few transfer portals, but not that many, are we certain? That he was going to keep winning at the clip that he won the last two years? By the way, I want to stop and say I agree with you. Not for the same reasons as you do, but I agree with you that the Washington thing is more interesting. I don't think it's more interesting because Pete was here 14 years and DeBoer was only here two. I think it's more interesting because there are different layers to that story that don't exist in the Seahawks story. The biggest one for me is the additional layer What is Kalen DeBoer going to do at Alabama? Kalen DeBoer at Alabama is fascinating in and of itself. You don't have that. You don't have Pete Carroll going to the New England Patriots, and we're not wondering (laughs) what Pete Carroll's going to, how many titles he's going to win next. Right. And that layer exists with the Washington search for the job. But I want to go back to what you said, and I'm 3,000 miles away, and maybe you'll tell me that I'm not getting this. The best that I've got is Twitter, and I'll be back, as I said, tomorrow. But... From what I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong, the reaction in Seattle from Huskies fans has been crazy, almost violent. There's been a lot of vitriol. I, I I almost feel like it's a New York or Philadelphia reaction to the It seems like people in Seattle and University of Washington fans in particular are really, really angry and mad and feeling heartbroken. By the fact that
1: Kalen DeBoer went to Alabama. Am I wrong about that? You're 100% right. And you know, I grew up here. I'm a Husky fan for life. I don't want to use the word babies, but it really feels like what the Husky fans are being a it's bunch of babies right now.
0: I don't know if they're being a bunch of babies, but the reaction is something different than I've experienced in what, 30 years of being in Seattle. You've been there longer than I have, but... I did not – okay, I expected hard feelings. I expected that there would be some people that were heartbroken that only after two years – I did not understand. I was not ready for the magnitude of the Huskies' reactions to this. And I'm wondering why. What is this? You know, I always say this, and everybody laughs at me. If you pick up the sports fan in Omaha, Nebraska for a second, and you explain to him everything he needs to know about the Kalen DeBoer story – that he came to the University of Washington from Fresno State, he won big in his first two years, he almost won the national championship, he won with Michael Penix, he was the Pied Piper, and then after his second year in a national championship appearance, he was offered the Alabama job to replace Nick Saban and make 10 or $11 million a year coaching Alabama. If you said that to the ardent sports fan in Omaha... He or she would say, well, I feel for the Huskies fans, but it makes complete sense. People shouldn't be like, oh, my God, what the hell is this guy doing? I'm surprised Huskies fans are more connected
1: to DeBoer than I guess I thought they were. I don't know that it's connected to DeBoer. I think I think they enjoyed winning. I think they enjoyed being an elite program for those two years. And it was like, oh, yeah, we are Washington. We are supposed I think there's a little bit of an arrogance. Who the hell would leave us? This is Washington. How dare you? And I said on Twitter, and I'm just going to read my tweet, I said, I guess just about everyone roots for a college program that's a stepping stone, some further up the path than others, but still just a stone leading to a few programs. Look, I love Washington, but it's not Alabama. You can't be shocked and outraged that a guy's going to leave your program to be the, the head coach at Alabama. Tot- t- so I'm a little surprised with as well. I, I,
0: I t- totally agree. Yeah. It would be one thing if he was leaving. he was leaving Washington to go coach, I don't know texas a and i A&M, I'm totally... Point taken. I'm totally 100% with you. And the truth of the matter is, I can't help but wonder. I guess as a, as a moderate Huskies fan, I'm not a true blue Huskies. I did not go to Washington. I sent one kid. I might send another kid to Washington. I pull like hell from Washington, but I went to Syracuse, and maybe I can't understand how Washington Huskies fans are feeling. But from where I sit... I had a fondness for Kalen DeBoer as well. He did feel different to me. He did feel like a Sioux Falls, was it South Dakota native? He did feel like it wasn't all about the prestigious program, that he would be happy Mm. at Washington. Yes, I, I connected with that story just like everybody else, but I don't know that I had seen enough to truly fall in love with Kalen DeBoer. You and I have talked about this all season long. I asked the question, no one answered it, and now we'll never know the answer. Was it about Michael Penix and this incredible group of wide receivers, Kalen DeBoer's offensive philosophy, or was it more about Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb and that I needed to see one more year? I wanted to see the year after Michael Penix. I wanted to yeah. see the year after Roma Dunze and Polk and McMillan. I wanted to see the transfer from Mississippi State and the transfer from California. I wanted to see them in the Big Ten, and I wanted to watch that offense. Dylan Johnson's going off was going off to the NFL. I wanted to see one more year yeah. of what Kalen DeBoer's offense and Ryan Grubb's offense could do without that group before I was... Let's say I was 93% on, I the other 7% I needed to see one more year. Gotcha. I guess Washington fans didn't need to see that one more year. They were more of the opinion, oh, this is the next Don James. He's going to be here forever, and we're going to win 11 or 12 games every single year, and now that the college football playoff has gone to 12 teams, that's the origin of the heartbreak that I'm sensing on social media that I didn't realize I was going to get. I knew people would be upset. I knew people would be offended and angry for a second or two. This is something completely. They are calling this guy the devil, killing this guy. Uh, Dead
1: to me. Yeah, I think you hit on something interesting, though, because, you know, the old heads like me and and older remember Don James. And how many years was he here? I could look it up. Twenty five years. So I think Husky fans just think, okay, well, you get a good coach. They turn into Don James. They're going to love it. And they're just going to be lifers. And I think that's part of it, too, is that that's what a lot of us grew up with. And we just can't understand why somebody would want to leave. Yeah, I have a friend, one of my friends on Facebook, she has a picture with her family and Kalen. They went to both the bowl games and she was posting them on Facebook. Hey, there's Kaylin DeBoer My DeBoer. Yeah. And then as soon as he gets like, oh, she puts a red X through him and writes <laughs> dead to me and, and fucking reposts it on Facebook. Like, holy shit, man. People are on fire
0: about this. Is it possible that one of the attractions to leaving for Alabama was that he didn't want me to see, and those like me, to see what was coming next at Washington. That he was afraid that his star was the shiniest it will ever be right now. And that if he waited one more year, and he showed the world what the Washington Huskies would be like without Michael Penix, and without Roma Dunze, and without Polk, and without McMillan, and without Johnson, and without some of those offensive linemen, is it possible that he was fearful that oh we might be a mediocre team next year in our first year in the Big Ten, and then
1: I'll never get an opportunity like Alabama ever again? That would suggest that if let's say Penix and Adunze and Dylan and everyone's just coming back for whatever reason, the stars align. Is he really turning down Alabama still? I, I don't know that you can ever turn down Alabama if you're a head coach in football. Like why the hell? Why the hell else are you doing it? That's I mean, we agree that that's the pinnacle of head coaching in college football. right? Well, I still don't know if he'd be able to turn Alabama. You're telling down. me if you he had the, coming if he, back.
0: I think it would have been much easier to take the 8.4 million that Washington <laughs> offered instead of the 10 or 11 million that Alabama offered because you'd be saying to yourself, it, it's like the Ryan Grubb thing a year ago. What did he he flew to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to meet Nick Saban. Now, it's not the head coaching job, but everything you just said applies to that story as well, doesn't it? Grubb goes yeah. to gets on a plane and goes to Tuscaloosa last year is offered more money to become Nick Saban's offensive coordinator at Alabama, the most prestigious, maybe offensive coordinator job in the world. And yeah. what did Grubb do? He Came back. Why did he come back?
1: Well, because he probably
0: wanted to work with Kalen DeBoer again, no, right? No, he came back because he knew Michael Penix and Roma Dunze and all those guys are coming back. He knew they but were going to be... Why even go
1: interview then? But why even go interview? Oh, because
0: you all... Always- you know they're coming back anyway. Oh my God, come on. If Nick Saban calls you and says, I want to talk to you about the offense," of course you, you're going to consider it. My point is, Grubb came back because I think Grubb knew what we all knew, which was Washington was going to be dynamite. No question about it. Now, did we know they were going to be... National championship good? Maybe we didn't know that. But we knew that offensively they were going to be absolutely out of this world and that Grubb would look exactly the same, if not better. Now, one year later, after this the second season of Michael Penix at Washington, if Ryan Grubb was interviewing for Alabama's offensive coordinator job today with Kalen DeBoer mm-hmm. sitting at Washington, not at Alabama, okay. if last year was right now, where they had the Mississippi State quarterback coming in, they were losing offensive linemen, they were losing all three wide receivers, to me there'd be no question that Ryan Grubb would take the Alabama offensive coordinator job because there's just so much uncertainty and there's so much of a mystery as to what's next and he would be saying to himself what I believe Kalen DeBoer said to himself right now, which is, I'm never going to be shinier than I am right now. Let's face it, his recruiting the last couple of years in terms of his high school recruiting, mediocre at best, maybe even not mediocre. No one knew the personnel. No one knew the ship that he was leaving better than Kalen DeBoer. And I think there's a great, great uncertainty about what this team would have looked like offensively under Kalen DeBoer. Now, and I mean, now it's going to look like it's going to be the pits because everybody's leaving. I, mean, I, I right. can't even keep track. I can't even get on social media fast enough. <laughs> yeah, and one guy after the next absolute exodus, I feel terrible for what yeah. whoever, whatever head coach comes in here, Jed Fish, whoever yeah. it is. My God, I feel horrible for what's what they're going to pick up. And that's another thing about. What makes the Kalen DeBoer to Alabama situation very interesting, which is we still haven't seen, have we? Kalen DeBoer coach a team that he put together. He yeah, al- that's right. He, he always inherits a team. Now he he did bring Michael Penix, so you give him that credit for did, that. Yeah. he brought Michael yes. Penix. But the team, the team that he just took to the to the championship game wasn't his team. None of these guys were his guys, and now he's going to take on an Alabama team. With Milroe, that he inherits. He's yep. never really, we've never really
1: seen him build his own team. I don't want to say it didn't matter because, yeah, I mean, you do have to recruit at some point. You're not going to get 25 guys from the portal. You know what I mean? So, yes, it matters a little bit, but I don't think you have to wait quite as long to be relevant. I mean, look from the Jimmy Lake year to 11 and 2. I mean, that was the most incredible turnaround in Husky football history. So, yeah, you don't have to wait. Forever. It may not have been as bad as we all think, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see how he does at Alabama. I mean, he's going to have other coaches, players, and he'll probably have success, but then in two or three years when he has to recruit, how are they going to look? Is he going to be in the in the national championship picture every year? Do you think Husky fans are going to view him the way Seahawk fans viewed Russell Wilson? Are they going to be tuning into Alabama games just rooting their asses off for Alabama to God, lose? They're going to wish him well. Again,
0: I would if you had asked me this a week ago before we knew what the reaction yeah. of Huskies fans was going to be, I would have said, "Come on. Husky fans will be upset, they'll be bitter, but they're going to understand." They're going to, oh, appre- no. they're going to appreciate the couple of years that they had with them here, oh, no! but they're going to say, come on, you get the offered the opportunity to succeed Nick Saban at Alabama. Yeah. But now having seen
1: what I've seen and read what I've read, maybe it is Russell Wilson all over again. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I think about being like a Wazoo fan. I mean, the minute a head coach sniffs success at Wazoo. All right, guys, good seeing you, man. Take care now. <laughs> Out, gone, right? I mean, starting with like, you know, Dennis Erickson and Mike Price and the minute that you they, they finally land on their coach, you know, leech, gone, got to go, bye. I mean, Wazoo fans are just used to it. Husky fans need to realize that, yeah, it's a good program, but it's not the top pinnacle. This is going to happen again.
0: Did you read the uh, resume that I sent you over uh, text? Yes. How'd you like yeah. that resume? Is that a long enough resume for you? Good Lord. I Who knew he was a Seahawks quarterback coach for oh, Pete Carroll at well, one we point? Knew, yeah, we knew that. We knew God that. thought about that. Jeez. Jed Fish's resume. They say when you do a resume, it's supposed to fit on one piece of paper. Yes. I don't know if college coaches actually do resumes. <laughs> I don't think they're on monster.com. But there's no, no. way that this, <laughs> that this is going to fit on one piece of paper. 1997, he was the PK Young Development Research School defensive coordinator 98 wide receiver quality control for the New Jersey Red Dogs whoever those are 99 2000 Florida graduate assistant 2002 2003 Houston Texas defensive quality control 2004 to 2007 Baltimore Ravens offensive assistant 2008 wide receiver coach Denver Broncos 2009. Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. 2010, like you mentioned, the Seahawks quarterback coach. 2011 and 2012, Miami, Florida offensive coordinator. 2013, 2014, Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator. How about this one? 2015, 2016, Jim Harbaugh's quarterbacks coach and wide receiver coach, I believe. 2017, UCLA offensive coordinator 2018 Los Angeles Rams Sean McVay assistant Jeez. 2020 New England Patriots Bill Belichick assistant and all he's done at 2021 and to present is uh resuscitate the Arizona Wildcats football program Jed Fish I guess by the time this this uh, podcast is released you think that it might even be
1: official yes it'll be it'll be it, reported uh, I think it could be, but going back to his resume, so, okay, Husky fans, you heard all that. So let's say he comes here and has success in two or three years. Does he seem like a guy who's opposed to getting up and moving for <laughs> greener pastures? I mean, don't be surprised again. Like, look at look at this resume. That's all he's doing is trying to better deal, which you can't blame a guy. You always want to move up in life, right? So you can't blame him. I but think you can, it,
0: bl- based on what I've seen about Kalen DeBoer, you guess you can blame him for wanting to move <laughs> up <can>. in life. <laughs>
1: Okay, fine. I guess you can. Oh my my, my favorite thing through all this is, you know, the Husky and Seahawk fans. This Pete Carroll to the Huskies thing, which is kind of laughable, but it feels like Husky fans would be all in on that. On at least on Twitter, from what I'm seeing, they they would love it. Would you? I'm all in. If Pete Carroll wants to coach really? the Huskies, I'm all in. I would. It's probably stupid. He's an older man. He's. Does he really want to fly all over to people's living rooms? And but look, the guy was using nil money before it was legal for the most part, allegedly. So what? What could he do with a budget? I don't know. Maybe it would be a great move. But I would love to see it. I don't know. I'm. I, I think that would be a fun splash.
0: Were you surprised when you heard that Pete Carroll was relieved of his duties by Jody
1: Allen? and the Seattle Seahawks. I was I was surprised. So was I. Yeah. I mean cuz you and I talked and I I thought she would sort of, you know, play Ride it safe, it out. not rock the boat and yep. then she's going to sell and you guys can sort out the old guy. I'll let you worry about that. Yes. That's what I thought she was going to do, but yes. boy, I guess we're wrong.
0: And your reaction was besides surprise,
1: relief, happiness, joy, concerned? Definitely not happiness. I don't know if that's the that's the right word. I'm I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah. Um but it's weird. I was thinking, you know, Piper's 14 years old and that's her only coach she's ever known on the Seahawks. It's like, she was more sad than I was. Like, how can they do that? Like, she doesn't know any other coach on a Seahawks. She don't know no Jack Patera. All right. This is it. So for her, she was pretty sad, but I- I'm excited for the next venture. I-, I think, I mean, Pete had 14 seasons. He's the greatest coach in Seahawk history. Sorry, Mike Holmgren, but he won a Super Bowl. I'll always love him for that, but that doesn't mean he's a bad coach or that he can't have success somewhere else, but sometimes you maybe need that, that fire under the ass and, you know, just mix it up a little bit to see what's next. And John Schneider now,
0: Scott, is the cat who ate the canary. He's got full power, you know, something that he's never really had for as accomplished as everybody says John Schneider is. He's always, at least the last 14 years, lived in the shadow of Pete Carroll from the standpoint that Pete Carroll always had the final say. So now not only does John Schneider have the final say for the first time, he's going to hire the coach. You know, the coach hired him. I don't know if people remember that. Pete Carroll was brought Mm. in here by Laiwiki and Paul Allen, and then he went out and got John Schneider to be his GM, to be his his running mate. So now Schneider has full control and pretty much is going to handpick the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Does that leave you
1: confident? concerned worried where do you stand on that I'm a little concerned about that but at least we know now that if the Seahawks struggle the next two or three years at least we know (laughs) exactly who to point the finger at so uh, enjoy the power enjoy making all those decisions but now we know who to blame if shit goes south the next couple years
0: and now I have to until they actually name a new head coach the Seattle Seahawks I have to bite my fingernails down to the nitty-gritty the Jim Harbaugh is coming to Seattle which I don't think I don't think there's any chance. Well, I wouldn't I shouldn't say any chance. There's always a chance he's going to be named for all the NFL head coaching vacancies. He already is. I don't see John Schneider and Jim Harbaugh being a
1: a match for Seattle. I don't think I have to be concerned too much. I don't have to worry too take, much. Take that part out of it. Let's let's say Schneider and Harbaugh hit it off, and they work great together. Please don't make me. Are you still out?
0: Please don't make me visual. I I do not want (laughs) to root for any team. I'm sorry. Call me petty. It's silly. Even if you say to me, Mitch, the Seattle Seahawks will be immediate Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. As opposed to they'll be up in the air. We don't know what they'll be with another guy. I would still take the other guy over the perennial Super Bowl. That's how much I dislike Jim Harbaugh. And that's just being
1: silly on your part. I, it is. Really. Of, course, I, of course. I would
0: take Harbaugh tomorrow. Oh, I hate it. I would it. hold my nose no. and love it. No. No, I'd move out of town. I, I would not <laughs> be able to ever root for... The Seattle Seahawks again until Jim Harbaugh was replaced. But again, I don't think we have to worry because is Jim Harbaugh going to a place where John Schneider now has full control and has been waiting for this opportunity for so long? I think Harbaugh is going to a situation like the Char, some team that's going to give him a ton of money and yeah. and the power that he wants, yeah. right? There's no You're probably right? There's no way that Schneider and, and Harbaugh are a match for the Seahawks.
1: No way. No way. I would tell Seahawks fans about Jim Harbaugh. You know, I remember when Pete Carroll came to town. I don't think Husky fans and Cougar fans and Oregon State fans, whoever you root for, loved Pete Carroll kicking your ass every effing week for 10 years, right? There was no love for Pete Carroll in Seattle when he came. I didn't like that hire at all. Forget the hire, whether you thought he would do good. Just who he was, how many times he beat your ass. You know, there was the sanctions. I introduced Pete Carroll at at a book signing. There was 25 people there. Okay. <laughs> it was the summer before the first game. And there wasn't one Seahawk fan. It was all USC people there. No one loved Pete Carroll when he got hired. I'm telling you. No, I so know. So you could you could learn to love Harbaugh. You, you really could. I, but promise I don't you.
0: think my distaste in Carroll at the time of his hire personally. I didn't like him. I don't think you can compare, though, my distaste for Carroll to how I feel right this very moment about Jim. I hate Jim Harbaugh. Jim, I can't stand the fact that the one team Washington lost to for the national champ, of all the teams, of all (laughs) the coaches, it had to be Michigan, it had to be Jim Harbaugh. For me, you know how sometimes in life we have a decision to make and the decision is really obvious and it's maybe like right in front of you and mm-hmm. it's so obvious that maybe it's too obvious and you end up kind of looking around the obvious one and doing something different. You know what I'm talking about? Does that make sure, any sense? Yeah, of- yeah. I think that we may be in that situation with the Seahawks okay? because from the moment there was a vacancy, everybody said Dan Quinn, that Dan yeah. Quinn is perfect. He's a great defensive mind. He's done unbelievable things with the Cowboys defense. He took the Falcons as a head coach to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He has a great relationship with Seattle. He has a great relationship with John Schneider. He would be the perfect cohort for... Schne- I mean, Schneider couldn't do better in terms of a partnership. He would cede yeah. all control to Schneider just the way Schneider wants it. He would say, Schneider, John, you do the team, you do the players, you do everything, I'm going to coach this team. There is nothing that's not perfect about Dan Quinn being the next Seattle Seahawks head coach. And yet, and maybe he still will be, maybe he still will be, but it almost feels like it's so obvious that we're contorting ourselves to look around the person that's right in front of our nose To look at Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, or Bobby Sloak, oh, did you see what the Houston Texans did to the Cleveland Browns in the first round of the playoffs? Their offensive coordinator, Bobby Sloak, is perfect, and this guy's great, and that guy. Bending over backwards to look for (laughs) other other candidates when the best one is right in front. I think it was K.J. Wright who said, guys, there is one obvious one and only obvious candidate to be the next head coach there's the perfect guy he's sitting there just get him just call him bring him to town and make Dan Quinn your next Seattle Seahawks head coach I'm almost starting to get the heebie-jeebies that we are doing everything we can to find somebody else because he's so effing
1: obvious and sitting right in front of us I wonder if the one thing he has going against him is that his name is Dan Quinn I mean, it's not sexy. It's not a, a, an no. exciting hire. God. I know who he is. I'd like it. But I don't know. Is is that the big splash? The Seahawks? Dan Quinn. Who is the
0: okay. big All Well, right. Jim Harbaugh is the big splash. Is Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens? Is that sexy? We well, haven't hired him. Is that sexy? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that is. How no. about Bobby Slowick, who you have actually no idea who that person is? Who's Correct. the offensive yes. coordinator. Of the, is that sexy? Nope. Sure isn't. If you want a sexy hire... Jim Harbaugh, you want Bill Belichick? Sure, you do. Uh, I take
1: Bill. Be- you wouldn't take a Hall of Fame coach? No, I don't want Bill Belichick. No, you want, so you want you just want something like the departure from the old guy, just bring in like bring in some new blood. I mean, but he, technically he's new blood. He's just old. But you really wouldn't take Belichick as a Seahawks
0: head coach? Not over Dan Quinn? I wouldn't. No,
1: okay. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like Dan Quinn as a head
0: coach. Is I just Mike think Vrabel the, the-
1: is that, is Vrabel a uh, sexy? Name to maybe you? a little bit. May, maybe a little more. I'm on the Dan Quinn boat. If you guys want to have Dan Quinn as a head coach, I, I know what he did in Seattle. I'm all in on him. But I don't know. I just think like the average Seahawk fans like Dan Quinn, that's really uh, an assistant at one time here. That's who we're getting. I don't he, know. Hotshot. He took the Falcons to the Super Bowl yep. as a head coach. I understand. I understand that. But I think I just don't think it's this big splash that Seahawk fans are expecting. Well, especially when your owner is the richest owner in sports.
0: Well, Knowing the Seattle Seahawks, what will happen is they will find a reason not to hire Dan Quinn and hire one of these other young gurus who will promptly come in here and go four and 13 while Dan Quinn gets a job somewhere else and goes to the Super Bowl and wins. <laughs> That's exactly That's how that'll go. <laughs> I, 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 I would not make this more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, I'm on record. You can hold me to this. I think Dan Quinn is and should be the next head coach of the Seahawks. And I think he would walk in here and he would make Devin Witherspoon even better. He would make Boye Mafe even better. He would make Reek Woolen even better. They would have a much better defense the moment. I mean, literally six minutes after he, he gets his key card, they will have a better <laughs> defense. And I think he will be completely open-minded. I love him personally. He'll be open-minded to offensive coordinators. He will be not threatened getting yeah. a great offensive I always thought that Pete Carroll when it came to coordinators maybe I'm wrong about this I always thought Pete Carroll was a little bit insecure about the coordinators hmm. he brought in. He always brought her, or, or he promoted from within. He never went and got the real splashy coordinator. I wonder if there are a lot of head coaches that are worried about bringing in the splashy coordinator because then the splashy coordinator becomes
1: the head coach. That's exactly right. I yeah. don't think guys, you know, maybe not, not that he could control, but, you know, like Ken Norton's never going to try to usurp him or usurp him, whatever that, that word is, right? It's just kind of guys that have always worked underneath him. And, right.
0: And Shane Waldron wasn't even really the offensive coordinator for the Rams. He's a right. youngish guy. He can come yeah. and he's going to listen to Pete. Pete's going to be able to tell yep. him what he wants. I never felt like he went out and got that. And maybe that's to his demise. Maybe his demise in some way is actually related to the fact that after the Dan Quinn and Gus Bradleys of the world, the Super Bowl coordinators who he had at the beginning, after yeah. they left... He never was really willing to replace them with hot shots. I don't think Dan Quinn will have a problem. I think Dan Quinn and Schneider will work together. They will bring in a great offensive coordinator. Quinn will center his attention around the defense. To me, this is a no brainer. It's an absolute no brainer. And yeah, do you have to consider all these other candidates? Yes. I think you have to consider a minority candidate. I think that's written in the rules of the NFL. Maybe they have to interview some minority candidates, yes. But to me, I hate to say it, it's as obvious as the nose on Uh, my face. Oh, man. That's a no-brainer. Guys, Dan
1: Quinn. Dan Quinn should be the next head coach of the Seahawks. All right, that's it. You you do hear that when when people date. It's like they they date all these people, but meanwhile, your best friend that's been sitting there the whole time. Right there. Right next to you for right 10 next years. To you. And meanwhile, you're dating all these turds everywhere else. But that's the one you should have been with the whole time. So they make, I'm, I'm on board. Don't they make movies out of that? Isn't there a... I'm sure, yes, they do. A couple. <laughs> Didn't Julia Roberts, my best friend's wedding or something? I don't know. Yeah, Something, I don't know. Yes, it's always the best friend that gets overlooked. But that's the one that you're meant to be with. He's
0: sitting right in front of you.
1: He would love to come
0: back to Seattle he would be a very good, solid head coach, and he's going to make us defensively relevant again. Does anybody want to be defensively oh, relevant again? My God. God. What must that be like? That's I can't it. imagine that nirvana. That's it. That's an abbreviated right. episode 271. No guests, no spot. Sm- yes.
1: yes. Before you go, I'm going to hit refresh on ESPN.com just to see if, Jed to is to see the, if the Huskies have a new coach yet. Because... God knows I am not heating this mic up in uh, in another hour. I'm done. Hot <laughs> shot's done until the next week. Do not call me. Do not text me to do a, another abbreviated show. Um, as of now, ESPN is not reporting that the Huskies have a new coach. Well, so just
0: remember go. that based on his resume, if you hit refresh, and he is the head coach of University of Washington, hit refresh again because he may have left by then to go to the next job. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm on it. Episode 271, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. We weren't supposed to be with you, but we were because we had to be. Had to be.